Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about compass, the speaking clock, and we have part two of our interview with Emma McNally from Achieve Your Greatness. Welcome one and all to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by two blokes who seem to... uh, Make the other points of the uh, the compass of the country we're making. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, no, I'll tell you what we haven't got, because there's only three of us. I'm Sabs, you're North, Ryan's is East. We need somebody on the West Coast, don't we? We don't. <laughs> Do we know Who are we going to have on the West, West Coast? Coast? We, we could just randomly invite people from the West Coast. Yes. Just look them up on 192 and... Like Look them up on what in the what what? Well, one nine two. It's like um, it's like the uh, directory inquiries book. Surely we know exist? someone on the west coast. Surely we know someone on the west coast. We, I'm, I'm pretty sure we know a few people on the west coast. But the problem is, I don't know that many people on the west coast of Wales. Because if we're going, I mean, we're not going properly north with you, otherwise you'd be in John John Roads. We're not going properly south with me. Otherwise, I'd be in the Isle of Wight um, or Southampton at the very least. I'm not. I'm just outside London. And we're not going properly east with Russ because he's, he's miles away from the sea. Um, so if we, we don't, actually, we don't need to go properly west, do we? If we had somebody in Wales, that'd be fine, wouldn't it? Yeah. What you're basically saying is we're doing it in half measure. <laughs> we're not as close as as we could be, north, east, south, but we're still pretty much there. I Why are you shaking your head? I think the listeners are going to be well disappointed with your explanation of that. Go on, then you give it a go. They're going to be like he said... I can't remember where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know where we are, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's right. Right. So we are in Essex, Glasgow, oh, well. and the place where people primarily go to die. <laughs> Sorry, retire. I mean, um, I meant retire. Um, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Now, I've heard good things about Norfolk, Russ. I've heard good things about it. But, um, yeah, a lot of people go up there when they get a little bit older. What's the average age in your village? I don't know. Sorry? I don't know what the average age in my... Mind you, it's getting younger because there's a lot of people moving into, like, the housing I'm in with kids, like the blocks and that, with kids. Fair enough. If you had to have a guess at the average age, Russ, what are you going to go? Oh, for. oh yeah, it's definitely retirement age. Exactly, that's what I mean. Seventy eighty? Um, no, not seventy eighty. I'd say fifty-five upwards. Okay, fair enough. What do you reckon the average age is? I mean, in your in your flat block, Charlotte, it's clearly eighteen, isn't it? Because the majority of people were. It's probably somewhere between eighteen and twenty-one. Yeah. Hmm. The average age in, in I bring the average age in my house down, just so you know, because I'm not the oldest in my house. You don't bring it down that much. A little bit. I bring it down not a little bit. Not that much. 
Not I'll that bring it, I'll bring it down into so it's probably about a year or two down, but not by that much. Yeah, and I, I mean, the revelation, Charlotte, is that Russell, who is normally on the bleeding edge of technology, still uses 192.com. I don't know anybody who uses directory inquiries anymore, Russ. Right. <laughs> Let me just clarify we are. I don't use 192.com. I don't look people up on 192.com. Are you sure? I am sure. I'm aware of it. When was the last time you found a speaking clock? I don't find the speaking clock. When was the last time you logged into IRL? That's like £1.50 to call the speaking clock now. Christ. The speaking clock must be obsolete, mustn't it, surely? People still got it and it's £1.50 a call. Does the speaking clock still exist? Yes. And what is the and point it, there? And the number is still one, two, three. Right. Apparently, um, BT says the speaking clock still provides a valuable service to our customers. We have no intention yeah. to change in the uh, foreseeable future. And in its heyday, guess how many oh, every yeah. single year, and clearly this was before the internet and all that stuff. It, it was in the high millions. 25 million. So you're going 25, Charlotte. What are you going for? Yeah, I'd, I'd say more what? Unique calls. Unique calls to the speaking I'd, clock. I'd say it was over 100 million. You, you're going for 100 million. Charlotte's going for 25 million. No, no. 80,000, 1,000 million. Sophie's going for 80,000, 1,000 million. Oh, yeah. Russ is right. It's probably higher than that. Go on. Give it a go. No, no. I think Russ is right. Hundreds, hundreds of millions, probably. Well, hundreds of millions. That could be anything from... Hun- 100. 200 million. I don't know. The right answer is 250 million. Yeah. 250 million calls to the speaking clock. How many do you reckon it gets now? I've just looked it up. I just looked it up as well, so I know. <laughs> Sophie's just said 50, two. 50,000. Rose was going 50,000. Well, I, I looked it up because... <laughs> uh, Russ was well, talking like with such a of this, and I was like, I know. Well, I think it's 25 million. Am I right, Mo, Charlotte? You're wrong. No, that's the numbers I've got. You're close, but you're wrong. What how much is it? 30 million. Uh, no, you've got old numbers, I'm afraid. Where are you getting your numbers from? BBC. I'm well, getting from term. Wikipedia. <laughs> What right, what year is your I numbers? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Yeah. I got mine from Lowe's Tuesday. Do you, do you want to go more up to date than that? <laughs> so I I am genuinely surprised though, the speaking clock every year still gets twenty five million calls. Yeah. <laughs> Seems a lot, doesn't it? You'd so, be surprised how many people still call the directory inquiries. Sorry, have we um have we been secretly added, um sponsored by one nine two dot com? You haven't told me. One nine two, the actual. Stop saying one nine two. 
Confidential directory inquiries on the phone rather than online. And what number is that, Russ? I don't know offhand. One fifty. I think he's one nine two, isn't it? One hundred and fifty. I think he's the one five zero. Okay. How about the speaking clock, Russ? One two three. How many of the twenty five million calls are you? I, I never called the speaking clock. So if you reckon it's never all you? Being on the cutting edge of technology as I am, I've got a nice Apple Watch. So ah, you don't need it. And it syncs itself and does all that. Yeah, exactly. But then, but then, as you, as you bear in mind, there's a lot of older, primarily in your village. People. There's a lot of older people um, still out there um, who may not be as comfortable. They may not be like Russ on the bleeding edge of technology. Yeah. So they like as as we as you said, the um the speaking clock might be quite a valuable service, mightn't it? So Well I mean it's gone down by five million in the last eleven years. Yeah, but again I'm still shocked that twenty five million people 20, yeah. actually not twenty five million people use it, twenty five million calls. So that could be I don't know, 20, you know, 2.5 million people using it a number of times every year. So, so yeah, that's the, uh, that's the reality of it, isn't it? And Russ, you said so, it was £1.50? Yeah, £1.50, I think. Oh, right, oh, Charlotte's got her frugal side on and she's the, trying to work. The BBC from 11 years ago said it was 31p. It's gone up a bucket load. <laughs> Well, even thirty one B that sounds expensive, doesn't it? Anyway, that's, that's being you, on the bleeding measure the rate of inflation now, how expensive is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the measure of inflation. How expensive I can remember when was you could, the speaking clock and what is it now? I can remember when you could make a call with ten P in the in one of them public phone boxes. Now you can't do it for less than fifty P. Yeah. Yeah, no. Sorry, is this is this Mona's moaning about inflation corner I've come logged on to or the Air yeah. uh, Kindness Project? Yeah, you would be surprised at the cost for Fredo now. I, I didn't realise I was going to log on and have a really interesting not oh, well, chat about inflation. Well, that's right up your street, isn't it? You love a good well, Fredo. Professionally, I'm having to chat about inflation day in, day out. But as this is the kindness project, oh, should we go on with a little bit of kindness? Can't, you can't say it's not interesting, though. What's the most interesting inflationary fact, Charlotte, you know? I don't know. Is it the fact that the speaking clock used to be 32p and now it's £1.50? 31p and now it's £1.50 and that's increased in 11 years. That's a, that's a large increase in 11 years. I know what the most annoying inflation fact is. Things keep going up. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's when annoying. did you become the Bank of England Chief Economist, Russ? Because that is insightful, mate. That Just is like. Robert. Sorry? Just call me Robert. Robert O. Mr. Peston. Oh, right, okay. So that's the politics journalist yeah, on the he's ITV. On the ITV, isn't he? I thought, I thought you were going to go for Martin Lewis. No. Oh, right, okay. Okay. 
I mean, I'd love to see Russ as the head political journalist for the ITV. That's your next Halloween costume, Russ. Robert Peston. <laughs> Nobody else in the country is going as Robert Peston for Halloween. I bet a few people win as Chris Weir, Doug. Do you reckon? Do you reckon oh, yeah. Chris Weir was a popular? He was popular. Right, okay. So this is what we're going to do. We are nearing Christmas when we record this. But let's just um, go on a bit of a tangent and decide what we're going to be wearing next Halloween. Russ is going as Robert Peston. Charlotte, what should I go as? Um, and you've got to pick something that nobody else in the country is going to... I'll be a nun. <laughs> well, you want Dad to be a nun? <laughs> yeah. Well, I th that's the problem, because there will be other nuns. I need a, an outfit where, apart from me, there is none. Paddington well, Oh, that was a cheesy joke. Um, hmm. What is there not a lot of people wanting to dress up as? Mr Blobby. No, there'll yeah. be, be Mr Blobby's. Oh, okay. Mr. Blobby's not niche enough. And why you got sexy, Mr. Blobby? One of those big monsters. Did you hear what Sophie just said? No. Now these might be niche enough. What about a sexy Mr. Blobby? That's been done. I'm sorry, I've seen pictures of that. I reckon it has. Who's the Where's that? Where's that on the internet? <laughs> I'm not googling it. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, she's home early. They've caught her Googling that. I know. Yeah, exactly. If you get sent home early, Charlotte, I know you've been chucked out of uni for Googling the sexy Mr. Blobby. Um, That's funny. Okay. Um, can I just tell you, you talk about bad dad jokes. We were out in um, Greenwich Market today. We had a little drive over to Greenwich. And um, I, um, I possibly told off the cuff the cheesiest joke I've ever told in my life because um, mum, Charlotte and Nanny Tracy were talking about kids' diseases and what they're catching and I Me? said I, I said name. sorry? You said my name Yeah, I was talking was, to you Was I there? No I said, I said, Mum and Nanny Tracy with Charlotte were talking about... Oh, I thought you were saying Mum, Nanny Tracy and Charlotte were talking about, and I got really confused. Well, unless you unless you have forgotten about it and you were in Greenwich Market this morning, you definitely weren't there. Anyway, Mum and Nanny Tracy were talking about kids' diseases. And uh, I said, I, um, I've heard about that kids' disease uh, where you just can't stop... Playing Cluedo. You heard about that? That kid's disease where you can't stop playing Cluedo. You heard about it, Russ? No. You heard about it, Charlotte? It's, it's um, Miss Scarlet Fever. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I said, and then I said, and they've, they've, they've turned it into a weapon. So basically what they do is they throw this grenade, smoke comes out, and um, whoever the enemy is can't stop playing Cluedo. You know what that's called, Charlotte? Colonel Mustard Gas. 
And I thought it was Charlotte with a bad construction. <laughs> now, Russ, you're only acting like that because you're Reverend Green with Envy. Green with Envy. <laughs> Russ. What are you doing with him? But come on, they are good puns, aren't they? Cluedo-related puns. Off the cuff, Cluedo-related puns, you can't beat. No, Sophie, Sophie, Sophie's not happy with those those Cluedo-related puns either. Let's move on with the show. Right, this, this is the mission for next week, right? Russ, you've got to come up with some puns. And me and Charlotte have got a bigger board game for you to come up with some puns on. Right. So, what board we'll game you... should we pick? Yeah, let's, um... Monopoly? Well, we've got lots of options. Monopoly. You've got some Monopoly puns a bit for next week, Russ. All right. Um, and can I just check, before we move on to the uh, business of the darn kindness news, are we having Joke of the Week this week? Yes. Yes. That's back permanently, so... Although that wasn't in the recording notes, just in case we were. Oh, if it's not in the recording notes, we can't do it. Well, this was this this your you know Cluedo jokes weren't in the recording notes. I didn't see them. Now this is part of the preamble bit, isn't it? So that <laughs> we always go off like in different angles in the preamble. This is what I call when I'm editing it intro chat. Yeah. Is it? That's the technical term, is it? Intro chat. Okay, fair enough. So, we're going to move on with the next part in the show. And let me go back to my uh, really professional uh, recording notes. Thank you, producer Russ. Uh, apparently, we've got to talk about charlottedames.com uh, and Mug of the Week. Can you give us an update on what's going on with both those things, Charlotte? I need more mugs. Right. Um... And me and Russ, not enough. No, unless you want me to post your pictures on Mug of the Week. <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe you should give that a go. I'm, I'm wondering how many views you'll get for I really like pigeons. <laughs> I need to post that somewhere. Oh, pigeons. Uh, Russ, I don't know if you received the one where your face was photoshopped onto a pigeon. Um, and it just said, I am a pigeon. <laughs> No, you need to send that to me. Um, I will, I will. There's, there's, you are now a meme, Russ. You are now a pigeon meme, uh, but it is only in the Danes family. So we'll, uh, Charlotte can send you that. Charlotte, can, Charlotte. Charlotte can send you that pigeon meme through. As, uh, as CharlotteDames.com getting on? Regular, as always. Um, yeah, um, I see this week that you posted an article. I did indeed. Um, it was about distance, uh, because I just come back up. Oh, that's the boy. I just come back up. Um, and the journey was long. <laughs> the road um, was long. Yeah, I was on the coach for 11 hours. 11 hours. And yeah, I travel tomorrow on a train for two hours was going to be bad. <laughs> so it's like 11 hours each way. It's supposed to be 10 hours, but it ended up being 11 both ways for some reason. I don't know why. Did you manage to get any work done on the coach or not? No. Did you get your assignment in? 
then I did. Don't forget Dad. to have your poetry as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the poetry I'm going to work on tomorrow. That's going to edit the website for some poetry. It'll probably be done by the time this goes out. So are you going to put the poetry on charlottedames.com as well? Yeah. Well, I look forward to reading that. Um, on that note, let's talk about uh, what we're doing uh, on Kindness News. And we've got two uh, people from the happiest list um, that we want to showcase today. Uh, I'll do the second one, but can you talk about Charlotte Hussein Mohammed Hussein for me, please? Yeah, of course. I'm looking at the wrong notes. Um, oh, I clicked on the wrong attachment. There we go. Found it. I had next week's notes. <laughs> Refugee Hussein came to the UK in 1999, age nine, after his parents sent him to live with his uncle to escape conflict in Somalia. Growing up in Lambeth, South London, he joined a Somali-run football club called Waberi FC but in 2009 the club disbanded due to a lack of funding. In 2015 Hussein set up Streatham FC, a community football team and charity that aims to support East African communities living in London. Today Hussein trains children between, aged between 6 and 19, about 80% of whom are from single parent low income households. About 70 kids play regularly and during the last summer's school holidays, the club ran a football programme for 2,035 kids with help from council funding to encourage healthy living and strengthen confidence. Love that. Well done, Charlotte. That's amazing. And well done, Hussein, for, for, for doing that amazing work. I want to tell you about a little bit about Stuart Hutton-Brown, Blackpool-based Stuart, found in counselling in the community to help make talking therapy more accessible accessible to adults, children and young people in the city. Since 2017, the donation-based service has enabled more than 130 people to receive counselling every week. Every person, if they can afford it, pays a small donation, depending on personal circumstances, to keep the service running. The social enterprise has so far worked with more than 930 adults and providing, um, providing more than 6,000 hours of counselling in 2021. With his hub company capacity, Stuart is fundraising to establish a second centre in Liverpool, which would serve as a, another and wider community hub. And I think that's really important because... Uh, both those um, uh, are really important. On the podcast recently, we've been talking quite a lot about men's mental health. Um, and it's not restricted to men, clearly, but um, both those things, getting involved in sort of sport um, uh, and making sure you're active uh, in teams and getting involved in that, and clearly talking about... Um, the challenges you're facing with people who can help you with it are both really, really important things to do. So uh, well done to those two amazing legends for, for doing that work. On to the interview. Uh, today I want to talk uh, uh, to, and it's the second part of this meeting with, uh, second part of this interview with Emma McAnally from Achieve Your Greatness. Actually, Emma's amazing at sharing 
and some of the tools that she uses to help people um, uh, live kind of better lives for themselves. And in this part of the interview, we share that, uh, as well as um, uh, talking about a new book, which is which is out now. Um, let's listen to the second part then. So what's the question that you find the most powerful to ask? Okay. So there'll be a number of them. So um, one of the ones, obviously, in the coaching world is, okay, so how is that a problem for you? And then, so what's stopping you? So if somebody's like, oh, I want to do so, 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 so. So what's stopping you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what's stopping them? Then that would be what we would work with in a coaching environment and to help them to change that so that they then can get past that hurdle and move forward. Interesting, really, really interesting. Thanks for that, Emma. Um, now we, we're here to talk about how people can be kinder to themselves, so that they can be hopefully kinder to others. Tell me a little bit about some of the techniques, tips, strategies that you use with um, your the people you train to help yeah. become kinder to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So being kinder to yourself, one of the first things to think about is what are you actually saying to yourself? Would you say that to somebody else that you love? Yeah. Would you say that to your friends or family? So that internal dialogue, we talk a lot about that internal chat, the thoughts that you have. Yeah. Um, and if they're not helpful or kind, it's basically changing those so that they become kinder for you and more helpful. So we look at upgrading language, so changing the words that we use. We look at, so the words are like the surface, we look at what's sitting behind and if there's any beliefs that we need to change. Um, but it's very much one of the ways you could start to do that is start to look at what you're grateful for. So just simple tools of starting to think about gratitude. Yeah. Because what happens if you imagine your brain is full of billions of neurons okay so it's a bit like um imagine it as a jungle all right so the first time you go through a jungle to create a path with a machete it's quite hard work right so you're cutting down this pathway but after a while the more often you go through that pathway the wider that pathway and the easier it will become so that's how we create habits that's how we learn but also that's how we can choose to create new neurological pathways to something mm. better so by having gratitude you're going to be you know, the more you think about the things that you're grateful for and the things that um, are within your remit to change, then that's going to help you from a mental health perspective, but also from yeah. a kindness perspective. This whole thing around one of the things um, we talk about is stress, for example. Stress is created um, if you feel out of control. And there's overwhelm and we then look at the things that we can control such as our response um, and things within our remit and changing our focus means that it can help you feel a lot more grounded a lot more safe um, a lot more um, in your own body um, so that you can then have those resources to help others but being kind to yourself first of all um, is so important does that give you a couple of yeah really good really useful mm. uh, i think right i mean it's that that it's it's interesting isn't it because often the self-talk is a lot more 
destructive and detrimental than what you'd ever say to anybody else. Exactly. And it's why do we do that to ourselves? You know, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. So what that is is that uh, that's a manifestation of a belief that sits behind. So let me share. You know, for me, when I first discovered NLP, one of the biggest beliefs that I changed, the first thing I changed was that I wasn't good enough. So my internal self-talk was, well, you can't do that. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, don't be stupid. Oh, those that's really not helpful. And every work time we use those words, those neurological pathways are being fired to something that's less than helpful. Yeah. Change that belief to, well, I am good enough. Yeah. Then suddenly the dialogue changes. Yeah. I I, I really like the concept of neuroplasticity. If I can say the word, that's the one. That's I'll try it. it. I'll try I'll it again. It. <laughs> Neuroplasticity. I can't say it. Neuroplasticity. Yes. Um, yeah. There's a T in there somewhere that I've missed, but I'm relaxed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I I love the idea of just having that ability of ability of, of actually fire, firing off sort of uh, different thought processes, so that so that you build that. And as you say, sometimes it starts really simply with gratitude, doesn't it? You know yeah. where. Where are you lucky and and where and where are you uh, where can you effectively show that um show show that so show you that you're lucky i suppose one of the big things though is the starting point so if somebody's listening to this and saying um i i need to just be a bit kinder to myself but i don't know where to start where's where where do where do that start okay so you could start by looking at five things every single day that you're grateful for and to be kind of to yourselves five things that you like about yourself okay that might be a little bit of a stretch to start with but five things that you like about yourself five things that you think you're good at five things that you have achieved that you're proud of it it's so it's just starting to think in a different way yeah. you know we we look at the difference that makes the difference and nlp is all about the art of thinking differently so by so rather than thinking oh well our our brains and we haven't got any choice over it we we can and we have through neuroplasticity through this whole neuroscience we can choose so just by starting to do that and noticing when those unhelpful things pop in and doing something we call it reframing um so those unhelpful you know i don't know maybe you're driving down the the road and suddenly somebody pulls out in front of you and you're getting really angry and and all of that sort of thing and we use this phrase like maybe well maybe they're in a rush by just thinking about it differently that can help us to feel different and that will be kinder for us because our thoughts impact on our physically and our immune system. It's called psychoneuroimmunology. Um, but so by changing our thoughts, we can start to change our physical reaction and help support our immune system. So kindness will free. So your language was really interesting there. So I, I picked up on the fact that you said the art of thinking differently. Yeah. Is it art? Is it science? Or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. How come? Yeah. Okay. So the science is the neuroscience bit. So the the science part part is um, absolutely neuroplasticity. We can basically change our thinking. We can change things. We're not the way we were yesterday is not going to be the way we are tomorrow. Okay. So that's the science bit, which is awesome. The art or the skill around it is practice. 
yeah. and being able to learn how to do this. So um, in, you can learn and being then able to master it. So that's the, you know, the, the book, how to master the controls of your life. So you mastery is about practice. It's about applying yeah. these things, but you need to know how. And yeah. what, what I do is teach people how. Um, and like I say in the book, I'm giving you loads of tips and techniques, how to change beliefs, how to change emotions, how to change behaviors, all those things. So you can have choice rather than feeling. Have you ever felt like a ping pong ball that sometimes somebody is nice to you and you're you're feeling up in the air and everything's great and then something happens and you're down into the, the, the troughs, yeah? Um, what we can do is help so that you can manage that. Manage it, yeah. And I, I can't promise an easy life. I can't do that. What I can do, though, is promise you tools so that when curveballs happen in our lives, you can find a way to move through more easily. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the point you make about gratitude is really important. And as you say, having all the facts, and applying those facts in a messy, complicated life that, that we all have is yeah. different, isn't it? And as you say, that's where the art and the, the sort of techniques Absolutely. come into play. Um, yeah. But the, uh, I think the other point you mentioned that was really interesting is that focus on what you can control. Um, yeah. Because I'm a massive fan of, um, and I only got into, the, into this probably over the last six or seven years, but Stoicism and Stoic philosophy. And one of the main tenets of Stoic philosophy is the only thing that you can actively control is you. You know, the action you take, um, and we knew this 2,000 years ago, right? We, it's not new knowledge, yeah. um, but it's just that, it's just that element of going right. What can I physically do in terms of the action that I can take to to, to move move that forward? Absolutely. Um, now, what are you most excited about when it comes to the book coming out? Okay, um, very excited about the book launch. Let's be honest about that because that's going to be a big party. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> when's, when's the book launch? So 23rd of November, 23rd of November. So book launch, that's going to be loads of fun. I'll tell you for why nice. it's going to be loads of fun is because a lot of the, my students, the people that I've trained are going to be there and it's a massive celebration of NLP. Yeah. So, um, and people, you know, the, the stories that they have of how it's changed their lives, it's been just phenomenal. And to be even a tiny part in sharing this with other people so yes of course excited about the launch but actually the thing the reason why I wrote it is because it gives people a guide that is accessible to everybody so rather than it being sort of this mysterious thing out there what I've done is I've, I've made it real with some beautiful step by step this is how you could change your beliefs this is how you could change an emotion that's not working we talk about worry we talk about self-care we talk about creating space and how to manage your energy we talk about conflict and clarity we talk about relationships so the, there's just it's a practical simple conversational guide to help people where they are to experience a better outcome in terms of their lives so that's really what I'm so excited about. Yeah, and you mentioned about sort of getting a lot of your students along and, and sort of telling some stories. What's your favourite story of somebody you've helped and 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 how they've sort of positively changed their life for the better? So many stories. To pick one is really tricky. So I've worked with people who um, 
So one person that had a, a loss in that family um, was really, really close to them. And um, that person had spent five years crying and unable to, to stop crying. And it was really, you know, really, really all consuming in terms of her life. Um, worked with her, did a session with her and completely blossomed and be, was able to um, not only move through that situation but actually build relationships have a fabulous career um, just by letting go on on that grief so I've worked with people in terms of grief um, my own story I guess it's the easiest one to share is that when I was when I first found it um, in terms of overwhelm stress difficult relationships at work um I think I said to you Chris didn't I I was going in for an operation my dad had been um given too much anesthetic and had given up been given a heart attack on on the operating table two years before I went in for an operation so I had this massive fear and belief that I was going to die and being able to use NLP to change that so that I could then go in and yeah. you know have a different experience so working a lot in terms of health, people with scan anxiety, working a lot in terms of imposter syndrome. I work with CEOs and directors who, you know, are going, oh, my goodness, I've got to keep running. People are going to, you know, catch me out and find out that I'm, I'm an imposter and working with them so that they can then work with somebody recently who felt they'd hit the ceiling. And then suddenly they've been able to put a proposal into one of the biggest organizations in this country and the company is fine. The company is just absolutely blossomed. So yeah, there's so many stories to pick one. Tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky. So many. Okay, so what's the most common issue when it comes to being unkind to itself that you come across? And how do we how do we help our listeners tackle that situation? Yeah. Okay. I would say it's blaming ourselves. Yeah. And and not letting go when we make mistakes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So a lot of people are still carrying around things they've done years and years and years ago. Okay. Firstly, we're all human. Okay. We yeah. all make yeah. mistakes. Okay. Um. And that whole thing about being kinder to ourselves to realize that we are human. We have this beautiful presupposition in NLP. There's no such thing as failure, just feedback. And to be able to then go, okay, so what do I need to learn from it allows us to move forward and to forgive ourselves and to then move forward so that you don't have the guilt and everything else holding people back. That's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. Um, but there's a there's a element of you know accountability for the actions you take even if it's a mistake or not but that's different to blame isn't it because accountability you can actually take action to yeah. change it and blame is just an emotion that you think you know what do you do about it so yeah absolutely so I talk a lot about that in the book it's about living at cause or living at effect Okay, so yeah. if it's if it's blaming and oh, you know, and either circumstances or ourselves or whatever, it's a very stuck position. Yeah, yeah. You, you're yeah. not going anywhere. You're you're it's either everybody else's fault or I'm terrible. Yes, I'm an awful person. Well, that's not helpful. Whereas if you're living a cause, then you're saying, okay, I made a mistake. What do I, need what do, to I do about it? it? How do I learn? How do I move forward? How do I fix whatever it is? And to, you know what? The biggest thing for me is to be able to put my hand up and go, 
yep, I made a mistake right here, right now. It's so liberating. Because... You know what? I, I, I genuinely, I've got to tell you this, right? Yeah. So I um I wrote write about this in the book. So yeah. um and and I think we are certainly as a culture and as a society better at being more vulnerable now than we used to. Mm-hmm. And I, I like so I think there's a freedom in just talking about as like you make and as you say, admitting it wrong, but. The big and the, I write about this in the book, um, and it's one of the funniest mistakes I've ever made. But uh, one that I uh, that I, um, I, I I I just I my reframe of mistakes is if it makes a good story, it's definitely worth making <laughs> that mistake. So right, so that was the second part of the interview. Tis the end. Here's the end of another podcast. And the end used to mean question of the podcast, which um, the I've got to be honest, I'm missing question of the podcast. Um, <laughs> we well, don't get enough, like, you know. Uh, say again, Charlotte? We don't get enough responses anymore, so. No, no, it's uh, since my... Since my Facebook just decided to go kaput, we just we don't we don't get the avalanche of responses, do we? Um, but it has left space. Sorry, one really important thing. One thing we are getting a decent amount of uh, uh, response on is the Kindness Project book. That is seems that seems to be flying off the shelves at the minute, which we're loving. Oh really? And if you put the Kindness Project into Amazon. You can pick your cup copy out now. Nice. Available on Kindle, paperback, and maybe if the demand is there in the future, audiobook. Russ is giving me a big thumbs up. How do you feel about that, Russ? Well, I was reading something online that people prefer audiobooks to paperback books now. Oh, <laughs> funny idea. Um, we could release it as like um, little chapter by chapter. <laughs> that take forever. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be funny though. <laughs> little chapter by chapter. Yeah, like as if it was <laughs> like the same way we did the podcast. <laughs> release a chapter a week on the Forever. podcast. Uh, it'd be funny though. No, but we want people to pay for it so we can raise more money for the charity, though, don't we? That's True. the thing. True. So, so, so that that we need to do. But maybe, maybe we do an audio book at some point in the future. We'll uh, we'll see how we get on. And on that note, we're going to uh, end the podcast now uh, with this week's joke of the week. Really bad joke of the week. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, why do they call coffee mud? Because it's dirty. Don't know. Why do they call coffee mud? Because it was ground a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> when you got laugh at your own. It's joke, not as bad sure. as his Cluedo joke, though. I know, exactly. And it wasn't even like. I, like yeah, but those... I wasn't even laughing at my own joke. I was laughing at your reaction. You were laughing at my Cluedo jokes, I know, because they were amazing. On that note. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you on the podcast soon. Bye. Bye.